0: Hi, everyone. This is Maria from the Cirtos podcast, and I wanted to let you know a little bit about how I became a podcaster. I am not the most tech savvy person. And when I was looking to start this journey, I wanted to make sure that I used a platform that would meet all my needs, that would be easy, and that was free to use. So let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. It is the absolute easiest way to make a podcast, and I'm going to tell you why. First things first, it's free, which is great. Um, i think especially when you're starting out and you're getting your feet wet it's important to use something that you don't have to put out the money for because if there's great software that's free why not use it there's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer so i normally do everything on my computer but i'll tell you that i am the queen of typos and if i see a typo on the show notes i can easily fix it from my phone wherever i am including if i'm like on my spin bike or at the gym and i happen to be just looking over my podcasts, right? Definitely have done that. You can also distribute your podcast with Anchor um, across all different platforms. So you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. That was so important to me because I wanted to make sure that regardless of where anyone was located or what podcasting platform they use, they could get to the Cirf Dose Podcast. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast in one place and it is so easy. I did it. Trust me, it's easy. Okay, so download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will love it. Welcome to the Sirtos Podcast. My name is Maria. I'm going to be your host for the majority of these uh, episodes and I'm super excited and so thankful that you're here and joining us for this. A little bit about this podcast. This podcast was started with the goal of just bringing people together who love Greek dancing, sharing about how we got started in Greek dance, what we love about it, what is like maybe our least favorite dance to do. Does anybody have one? Because I definitely do and you will learn about that. Um, where we learned, who we learned from, and how we preserve our Greek heritage and our Greek culture through dance. This podcast will feature a bunch of people who we consider to be experts in the field of Greek dancing. Those are people who you might know from workshops, uh, possibly some of the larger workshops that were held in Florida many years ago, um, HDF, FDF, some of the workshops that are held in Greece every summer. We're hoping to bring people who are experts to you To answer your questions, to bring you information, to explain the history of Greek dance, the nuances, the really small differences that make a dance unique to a very specific region, a very specific area of Greece, and also to educate on more global things related to Greek dance. Um, The reason we chose the name Sirta or Sirtos for this podcast is because everybody dances a Sirta in some way, shape, or form.
1: Welcome to our first official podcast. Almost a year in the making. Almost. I think the preview came out March 11th of 2020, um, if not later that month. But um, we have been sitting on this idea. We've been waiting on the sidelines. We haven't jumped onto the dance floor, but here we go. Um, So our official podcast, Sir podcast, we're going to talk about how we kind of came up with the name a little bit later. Um, But first, we want to introduce ourselves. So I'm Maria. Um, I live in the DMV, which for you who do not live in the D.C. metro area, um, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia, not like the Department of Motor Vehicles. Um, very easily confused. <laughs> I know it's a good joke, right? But I'm full uh, of them. Um, originally from New York, and that is where I met the other person who's on this podcast. I am a nurse right now. I'm not at the bedside. I work um, in professional practice, so. Uh, kind of like stuff to support nurses. Um, and I want to give it over to the other person on this podcast. So take it away.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Evan. Um, I am also in the DMV, uh, originally from New York, where the Evan Maria duo began. Um, I am a designer and construction manager by day and an avid dancer by day evening, afternoon, weekend, whenever the music is playing. Um, (laughs) We are very excited to be um, sharing and kind of reaching out to everybody so we can uh, open up our dialogue and talk about what really drives us and our passion.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And it's so funny when you say like New York is where like the Evan Maria duo began and we're literally down the street from each other. Like I could just walk south and I would run into you. It would take me a while and I'd probably freeze, but um, we're both here now. And um, I know later on the podcast, we're going to talk about our favorite, most memorable moments, but I feel like if you're listening to this podcast and you have been involved in Greek dance in one way, shape or form, you can relate to the fact that we have spent hours of our lives, like sitting in basements of churches or sitting in fellowship halls that like all sort of look the same. They probably all smell the same. They have the same kitchen. It's like kind of commercial, kind of weird, kind of yeah, yeah, still in the kitchen. And we just kept on dreaming up ideas as we were growing up. And I definitely remember um, there was one night where I was like, I wish we could just do this for a living. I wish we could just do Greek dance for a living. And I feel like this podcast is actually going to give us a chance to like really push that out and talk to people about this and make it part of our living. So Um, Thank you to everyone who is listening today and we're definitely going to bring more content um, your way, but to get to know us a little bit better um, and to get to know all the guests that we have lined up for this show, um, we're going to ask everyone sort of the same questions and it's all about like taking your first steps in dance um, and kind of reliving those memories. So Evan, I'm going to let you go first um, because I feel like you probably have a way better story than me. Um, And I'm like, I don't really know. I really had to think about this. And I've been thinking about it um, for a while. So you go first, and then I'm going to share.
2: So dancing for me started um, at a very young age. Obviously, you know, babies, toddlers, all that. You dance around and all that. Um, But I have this vivid memory. And um, I'm grateful that my parents also had the video camera out to capture this moment. but it was my fourth birthday party and as always my dad always put the records on with the and yes they were records um, <laughs> put the records on and they would always you know um I, I can re- vividly remember all my Theas, my theo's around in the living room the music playing and me just in the middle zooming around dancing 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 um so when i was my fourth birthday party um it's the first time i did recognizable dances actual steps, mm-hmm. um not
1: like waddling around
2: like <laughs> just waddling. like my head and you know, <laughs> pulling out actual steps and um granted you know i had a lot to learn still but it was it was my dance um and that to me is um I, that that is still vivid memory, and that is that's where it began that's I mean, I think that passion I have for dance started at at birth, but the that was when you know, I felt something that was just it was this excitement and then what that what that turned into for me is it just became this this growth and every time there was a... Any kind of function, anytime I knew I was gonna see family friends, the thing I look forward to most is, will there be music? Mm-hmm. And I just that was the thing I looked forward to the most year after year after year. Um, as I grew older, I kept I kept that passion and I loved to dance. Um, crazy thing for me, though, was when I was um going into eighth grade, um, as always, you know, festivals coming around and you're getting ready to dance. But I was in middle school and, you know, there was peer pressure and all this stuff going around and, you know, you had to look cool and you had to do the right thing. So I got it in my head that dancing wasn't cool. And Mm -hmm. my, uh, when I was going into eighth grade the festival was coming up and I told my mom, I told the dance teacher that I didn't, I didn't want to dance that year. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. be, I have no idea what, I mean, I can't really imagine what was going through my head that would push me to want to sit out when I knew mm-hmm. I loved dancing, but I did, I chose to sit out and that year at the festival, I sat on the sidelines and I watched all my friends get up and dance in front of the audience. And that had to have been the hardest moment of my life. That was the moment where I I said, never, ever, ever again. I'm never going to okay. sit out doing something that I absolutely love to do um, just because of what other people might think. Because mm-hmm. my friends don't understand it and they might think it's weird. Um, so that for me, I mean, I I, I love to dance from a very young age. But that moment when I sat there and I watched everybody else dancing and I couldn't, that was the, that was the moment that I said, if there is ever an opportunity, if there is ever even the slightest remote of an opportunity, I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to tackle it, and I'm going to do the best I can at it because it just. I never, ever wanted to feel that way again where I made the wrong decision and
1: mm-hmm.
2: it was something that meant so much to me. Um, of course, you know, life goes on and there's been moments <laughs> where I've missed opportunities. We my- all
1: grow up, <laughs>
2: I've certainly felt that same uh, regret. Um, mm-hmm. But this, this was a conscious decision that I, I said, nope, I'm not going to dance this year. So, um, and every time I hear somebody tell me that they're not really, they don't want to dance anymore, um, I really, that brings me back to that moment in my life. I'm like, is it really that you don't want to dance? Because especially I mm-hmm. see that passion in somebody and like, I know, I know that you love to dance.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That just makes mm-hmm. me that just makes me you know is it really that you don't want to dance or is it you're being bullied is right that, you know yeah so
1: <laughs> we won't have dogs at home that's what we're laughing about Um. um, um they're, just, they're acting up so <laughs> if you hear anything that's what it is
2: <laughs> so um that was that was kind of my start that was how I started and that's how I developed and that's how I got to the point where dance just really meant so much to me that I never wanted to be without it and Mm -hmm. once I learned it the hard way I never went back.
1: Yeah absolutely it's so funny because so we grew up in an area where there are three main Greek Orthodox churches there are other Orthodox churches but there are three Greek Orthodox churches Um, and Evan and I both went to separate churches. Um, I feel like for me, when I started, it was because I started with church. Um, I lived pretty far away from church, and I wasn't related to anyone who went to the church that I went to, not not even related to anyone really in Albany, outside of my, obviously, my family, Um, and it was just like, you do Greek dance because you do Greek dance, like, that's just what you do, Um, and I remember, like, you know, growing up, it's like, it's so funny because I think back now to like what the kids complain about when we teach and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I totally did the same thing, you know? Um, but I think back to like being so nervous and being like, I don't even know what grade we started. We were probably around eight years old when we started like officially with the church, maybe a little bit younger, um, but just being so nervous and then so excited for the festival. Like the festival was like a landmark event Um, I think like throughout young adulthood, you know what I mean? Like from childhood to teenage, all that kind of stuff. Um, So I definitely started more at church. I have no idea if my parents like caught me on camera or anything like that. Um, But I do know that when you said video camera, I was like laughing to myself because I definitely remember dragging the video camera to Greece. Um, And I'm sure all of you who are listening can, if you've ever been through this, where like you go through customs and they're really hounding you about the video camera, um, because, you know, they think you're going to try to sell it or whatever. Um, But I definitely remember that. Um, I have very fond memories of that uh, from, I think I was like around six years old, probably when that happened. But which is funny and for those of you who might not be our age um video cameras were like as big as a carry-on suitcase um, (laughs) back in the day right (laughs) like (laughs) to say the least like that was your (laughs) carry-on yeah exactly they were huge um oh and they recorded things on tape too instead of into clouds or whatever um but anyway so I started dance at church um definitely I agree with you on like the peer pressure thing. I think like in high school, I was always like the one who was like, I was identified as the Greek, you know what I mean? Um, And I was okay with that. Like I I was kind of into that, like fine with it. Um, But one of my fondest memories was um, my senior prom. So not the prom that I went to with you because Evan and I went to junior prom together. Um, my senior prom was during festival weekend. And you know, you're a senior, you wanna have like the best of both worlds It's your last festival because um, where we grew up, you stopped dancing basically after you were a senior once you graduated from high school um, until we kind of changed that a little bit. Um, and my girlfriend from high school and all of our prom dates came to church to, to take pictures. And the reason they did that was because my mom also was one of the teachers for the dance group. Um, So we all like got to take pictures together and it was like, I have prom pictures of us in our dresses. And then I feel like the girls in the dance troupe were in like Bondos costumes or something like that. Um, And it was just so cool because it was that blending of worlds. And I I agree. I think, you know, you have to have the support. High school is like ruthless and not fun. And it's so easy to be like, oh, I'm going to ditch this. but I think my favorite like step that I took with dancing was the confidence that it gave me. Um, similarly to you, to just get up and not ever pass up an opportunity to dance. Like I feel like whenever I'm at an event or, you know, at a funagiti or something like that, I'm like itching to dance. Like, okay, let's go. They put the music on. Let's let's go. I'm ready, right? Um, and that's just always the way I've been. It's how I have fun at events. Um, if I'm not doing that, I feel like I'm bored, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like I I just don't identify with the event. I feel like my identity is totally rooted um, in dance. And I definitely have memories of, like, banaguitis over the summer and, you know, not even really knowing maybe the dances that they were doing because maybe they were, like, more traditional ones from the island were from. And I just wasn't as familiar with them Um, but getting in line and just learning and then like that's where you learn like I have all these memories of my house in Greece and like practicing and all this kind of stuff it's just awesome to think back to that and also kind of crazy to think like imagine if we didn't have that in our lives you know it's like when you Um, give yourself to dance
2: and you just let that passion consume you like the mm -hmm. way it's like whenever I go to any kind of party, I don't, I don't need alcohol to loosen me up to get on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Like the I dance agree. floor is my alcohol basically. And that is what loosens me up. So it's, it's getting to that level of dance, that passion mm-hmm. where your comfort zone is the dance floor and mm-hmm. not afraid of what anybody else thinks. Like that, that I think, looking at my journey that's kind of like the most exciting thing for me is that getting to that point where my confidence was unshakable when I was mm-hmm. on it, Cause that's not how it started. It was kind mm-hmm. of like a little closer where I, Like I didn't care about anything. I was a little kid and I was just, I loved dancing and then I got super self-conscious about it and what my friends would do, mm-hmm. And then it took that ultimate moment to realize that I'm above that
1: yeah and I I think correct and correct me if I'm wrong but I feel like we are both introverted extroverts Mm -hmm. um like I am definitely on the shyer side I'm definitely um someone who's like very much in my thoughts um but when I go on the dance floor I lose that and I think it's because like what you said like that that confidence comes from every step that I take and I don't mean it like I feel like I'm the best dancer and I, I know how to do all the steps because I definitely don't. And in future episodes, we're talking about our probably our least favorite dances and you will hear exactly mine. And I still feel very impassioned. That is will always be my least favorite dance. Um, But I feel like the dance floor brings out the extrovert in me, which like I'm naturally quiet. I think. Um, yeah. Unless I'm like around Barea in the basement of the church. And then, you know, life changes when, when you hang out with your friends. at like two o'clock in the morning in basement church anyone else done that I'm sure you have um so thinking about I feel like we're like cruising along but I really want to talk about most memorable moment or moments and why um and there's going to be a lot of these I feel like we could talk about this for like 17 years um which okay when did we let's see I'm trying to think. It's 2021 right now. So, yeah. So, we have been, to give you guys some context, back in 2006, right? Evan and I, six or seven? 2005.
2: November 2005?
1: 2005. Was it? Oh, yeah. It was 2005. 2005. Okay. <laughs> um, gosh, Lord, I can't even do the math that quickly. That's what, 16 years? That's 16 years. Help me out? Okay, good. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Phew. Um, So we started our own dance group. Um, And the reason kind of why we started is we had graduated from high school around four years prior, um, if not a little bit less. And we started it with a few other friends who hopefully we can get on this podcast because it'll just be ridiculous um, to have them because we always catch up and have a good time. Um, But we started that group because we didn't have any outlet for dancing anymore. So all of the local churches, um, you dance until you're a high school senior and that's sort of your last year. Sometimes maybe you'll dance like the first year of college, especially if they need boys in the dance group, right? Um, But you know your only outlet then to dance is festivals or if someone's having a wedding, but it's not like learning, it's just going and dancing and having fun. So we started a group back then and that's where a lot of my most memorable memories come from like I have formative memories as a kid like in Greece um, or you know I remember like somebody asking me to be the lead um, like to go lead with him in Greece and I was like no I can't do that like with typical Maria still hate doing that Um, those are formative but I feel like my most memorable memories stem from like 2005 on I don't know what about you
2: my most memorable like, the ones that impacted me the most, I agree 100%. Later on, after we started our dance group, Otia, Um mm-hmm. there were moments leading up to that when I was still younger um, that have deep meaning for me. But the the experience is not, I mean, it's a different type of experience. Like. When I was young, and I went to Cyprus with my family, again pulled out the video camera.
0: <laughs> we
2: at this uh, Glendi night, and one of the dancers gets up and is doing the dacha, and he's doing the botidia on his head. Um, you know, and that was the first time I've ever seen that in person, and I was blown away. And I told my dad, I said, "We have to get this on video." Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I was. I was just in awe watching him. You know, he did 21 glasses on his head. Um, he had five glasses in the dacha and I, I, I was just in awe. So when I got mm-hmm. back from that vacation, um, we had a couple months before the, our festival um, and I spent every day um, when my dad was at work, we had the dacha at home. So I took the video, I went upstairs to their bedroom so that I could practice using their TV. Um, (laughs) Nobody would know what I was doing. And I just kept watching the video over and over and over again and taught myself how to dance dacha. Um, Mm -hmm. Nobody knew about this. My parents didn't know. So when the festival came time, um, I had the teacher put the music on and I danced dacha for the first time in front of anybody at the festival Mm -hmm. that moment um that was huge because that was the first Mm -hmm. time i really kind of stepped outside the box and did more of a solo dance um but my dad's reaction to that dance was just i mean my dad is typical greek man they don't Mm -hmm. cry they don't (laughs) don't show emotion in front of anybody so yeah my dad get that emotional um with the surprise to show him that um you know i went to cyprus with the family and i came back and i wanted to bring this dance back for him and for everybody to see um so that was a very that had a huge
1: Mm -hmm.
2: that that was definitely a milestone in my dance career but my most memorable moments um there's two that immediately come to mind um
1: And we haven't talked about this beforehand, so it'll be funny to see if we have similar examples. I'm excited for this.
2: I'm going to start my first moment, and this was not a dance performance. This was just something that happened. Um, So a bunch of us decided that we wanted to drive out to Syracuse and support the dance group there for their festival. And you know, last minute decision, whatever, we're going to drive out. It's only two hours. We'll go to the festival for a while, and then we'll drive back home. It, you know there was I think it was four of us in the car, maybe five. so like whatever if we're tired, we'll just take turns driving. We drive out to Syracuse, didn't bother to look at the weather because why would we be responsible. Um, yeah, we get out to Syracuse and everybody's having a grand old time. We get there just in time to watch the dancers perform. Um, mm-hmm. Our friends who also are in the band saw that we're there. and then you know when the dancers perform finish their performance, they called us out in the dance floor for us to join the dancers and do another dance with them, which was a great, awesome, you know, moment. But like, so now we're all dancing and then everybody else is joining in and we're having a grand old time and we're dancing, dancing, dancing. And then everybody's running around in a panic. And we're like, what's going on? Oh, well, yeah. So <laughs> there was a, uh, there was a tornado warning that came on or a high mm-hmm. wind warning it was a very severe storm heading directly for the festival grounds, and the fire department's there evacuating everybody. Um, and we're just like, "Well, we jumped two hours. Where are we going to go?" <laughs> so, you know, we decide that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, shelter in place. We're gonna go inside the church building and shelter there. Well, the storm hit. It blew down part of the tent. You know, so the festival is now off. Everybody's told, all right, you got to go home. We're like, mm-hmm. you go two hours. We're not going home. Right. So, um, so you know, then uh, the musicians pulled all their, their instruments inside because obviously they didn't want them to get damaged. So we're all sitting in the hall now. They have their instruments. And... What started as a very slow, just like playing around, playing some music just to pass the time and, you know, keep people calm during the storm, turned into the most impromptu dance, it was just this amazing magical moment where all the instruments were unplugged, there was no speakers, there was no amplifiers, there was no, you know, synthesizers or anything, it was just raw music, raw instruments, everybody was singing with their voices no microphones and it just we danced for Mm -hmm. hours hours and hours well into the night well past the what the festival would have gone on for
1: yeah
2: and it just it turned into this amazing amazing moment that i i really don't even know i don't know the words to really describe just how moving it was so that was
1: yeah
2: i think that's in terms of dance moments, I think that's my most memorable, just general dance moment. Um, my most memorable performance though, was um, out at the Rochester church. Um, they called us, it had to have been a week or two before their festival and said, Hey, yeah, um, we don't have dancers. We need entertainment. Do you think you could do anything to help us
1: out? And this is a summertime festival too, right? Isn't it like an August festival or something? If Sorry. I'm remembering correctly. So tough time, sort of a tough time of year, beautiful time of year in Rochester because Rochester is freezing. So August is like their only summer month. I'm just kidding. I'm not hating on Rochester, love <laughs> Rochester. <laughs> but it's it, a great time to have a festival there.
2: It certainly is, but it's also a time when most people are vacationing in Greece. So mm-hmm. most of my dancers weren't available to do a last minute performance. Um, and they kissed and I I told them that I said well I don't really have enough people to put together a dance group they said honestly even if it's two of you that would still be better like and we would you know we would love to have you um, even if it's just a few dances a few people um, you can even just lead the the audience and dances Mm -hmm. I said okay you know what I have an idea let me let me talk to a few people and see so the three boys that were available to dance, myself included, um, I, I talked to them and I said, hey, what if we did just a powerful all men's show um, highlighting different men's dances from Greece? Mm-hmm. And we did. We we put together this show that was just, I mean, it was exhausting because it was all high energy. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was all intense dances, um, lots of lots of intricate footwork and everything um but we we put on we put on this show with three guys and Mm -hmm. for all of the performances that I've done in crowds of all different sizes I've never felt that kind of reaction and that kind of buy-in from everybody Mm -hmm. I did in that show I mean people were on their feet making so much noise for us and Mm -hmm. was it was surreal because we finished the show and we don't even leave the dance floor yet and people are storming the dance floor to congratulate us to say how great it was they're giving us gifts they're putting jewelry on us like it was just like this surreal like Mm -hmm. this happened in real life um
1: yeah
2: that that i think in terms of performances it was the smallest it was the most rushed last minute performance that we i've really been a part of um and it just, it had the most impact out of any show I've ever done. So that, that would be my second most memorable moment.
1: <laughs> I love that. It's so funny because when I think about my memories, um, certain people flood into them. Um, and so many of my memories are tied to this is gonna sound weird, but I'm a very like um, visual and tactile person. Um, the sensation of being around certain people. Um, so, like when you were talking about that festival in Syracuse, I literally could feel being in the basement of that church. There we go, basement of churches again. Um, with like the paneling on the walls, because we were not even in their gym. We were in like their kitchen area, like their extra basement um I feel like the walls were like paneled and then there was like yellow floor or something like that that's just what's sticking in my mind now this is a while ago so who knows I might be making that up but um but I remember like feeling safe because I was around people that I truly cared about and we met those people um through dance like yes Goya is huge sons and maids was super involved in that too, and, and you meet people. But when you meet people through dance, it's a different type of connection. Yeah. And I think it's because it's like psychosomatic. So it's your mind and your body kind of. Um, and it's like, you don't realize how much you miss those people um, until you start talking about them again. So I hope your ears are ringing because they know who they are. Um, so I think I have a few different big memories. Um, I would say, for me, um, one of my favorite memories is a compilation of just how people from totally different areas, um, different churches, different friend groups, were pulled together through a lot of the events that we did or the events that we went to. Um, So for example, like, um, the first time we hosted a dance symposium, right, which um, just very briefly, for those of you who weren't part of it, we would host um, a fall dance symposium, where people would come and they would share. So it was like learning from each other. Um, and that first symposium, when we had Boston, we had Syracuse, we had Rochester, it was just so cool, because everyone just came together. And they came together because they, they really wanted that fellowship. They wanted to learn from each other. They wanted to grow. Um, and who knows what people took back from that? You know, like the Boston group that came has very structured um, types of dances that they do, right? They're like a Macedonian group. So were they necessarily taking back the island stuff that somebody else was teaching? Who knows, right? But it was just that time together. Um, and nothing beats that, you know, nothing... For me like all those memories of where we spent time with people like even when we went to buffalo and performed at their festival um that time that we spent together is such a huge formative memory for me because it just feels and felt at that time like just so awesome there's no words to describe um when you meet somebody and your common language is greek dancing there's no words exchanged you know what i mean but that is your language, you speak that. And like, I always say like, I can remember the tilt in the bodies when the guys from Syracuse, Rochester area, were dancing Boucheno. I can can feel their syncopation to this day. Um, And that to me is like a memory that I hope never, ever, ever dies. And when I think about like when I, teach or help teach, or when I'm trying to explain dances to kids like that may be something that they're not used to seeing, hearing, doing, I try to emulate, I don't try to emulate how the guys dance, but I try to tell them like, that is what my memory of the dance is. Like that part is so critically important. Um, The other memory for me that's like, I think really special is how um, we have helped people learn how to dance for their weddings. Um, so I am like eternally grateful. One that I inherited my mom's dancing skills. Love you, dad. My dad's mm-hmm. a great dancer. He's got it. Pretty sure he could do pretty good too. So, and I know he's going to listen. Um, <laughs> my mom is a real fantastic dancer, um, and instructor, and she has, an aerobics background so she really knows rhythm and music and that kind of stuff um but being able to take a little bit of teaching skills and help somebody prepare for their wedding is so important to me because I feel like we didn't we know how to dance so when it's our time to get married you know not to each other um no offense but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean we, like we know how to dance we don't have to worry about that at our wedding we know it's going to happen like there's going to be people greek dancing because it's such a big part of us um but people come to us and ask us to help them prepare for their weddings and um there have been two instances um of people asking us to prepare and the most recent one um I helped uh if the girl uh the bride was uh, I believe she's She's from South America, I believe, I don't want to say which country because I'm going to mess it up and I don't want to like insult her. Um, she was so driven to learn um, because she wanted to show her groom, who's Greek Cypriot, how important it was for her to feel comfortable on the dance floor. Um, and we did everything. We did Kalamati we did Tirso, we did Samiko. And she had done those a little bit before, but she wanted to be able to lead. She wanted to feel comfortable. Um, and then we spent a ton of time learning Zimbekiko. And she was like, I want to learn how to do it like a, a woman should be doing it. Like, cause her husband is a great dancer. But she's like, I, don't, I can't dance it like him. And just that alone, that interaction and, you know, making sure that people feel comfortable on the day of their wedding, I think is so, so special um, because it's something that I think I take for granted a little bit. Like, yeah, I could go to a wedding, a baptism and just get up and dance because I know how to do it. Right. Or a church party, whatever. Um, but seeing people who are like, please, like, I, I need to learn this because I, I want to make sure that I'm comfortable. And like, it's a gift to the family. You know what I mean? Like, it's I'm showing them how important their culture is and how I'm adopting that culture and bringing it into my life. Um, so, that, those are two really, really special memories for me. And, um, you know, although sometimes I think they're kind of distant memories, you know, like we haven't seen some of the people that we've been talking about in, in years, when you start to talk about them, it's like literally like they're here with you. Like, I can picture dance floors. And I can picture like the last huge event that we threw um, and everyone, I can still see where they were sitting. You know what I mean? Um, it's just, gosh, it's so vivid, but like that is why dance is so important. You know what I mean? You don't have to be the best instructor. You don't have to be the best student. You don't have to go to the biggest parties, right? But it's the fact that you communicated with someone else without talking. like it's just amazing.
2: I think that's like, so like touching on that, I think is such a huge thing too, because like, so when you talk about the symposium, when we mm. set up to do the symposium, we said, we don't want, I mean, there's so many amazing events out there where they bring in excellent instructors who have dedicated their lives to understanding great dance, and they teach, you know, phenomenally, and they give, they have a lot of knowledge, but what we said is we don't we don't want to compete with that. We don't want to, we're not trying to, you know, outdo what these other conferences already do. What we wanted to create is this environment where we're focusing on what we find to be one of the most essential parts of dance. And that is
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, like dance, the whole purpose of dance in our traditions, in our culture, is centered around the community and sharing those moments with the people around you, your family, your loved ones, your friends. All of these dances that we do tell a story. They tell about a moment in your life. They tell about a sad moment, a happy moment, a celebration, a a fear, whatever it may be. They they commemorate something. It is meant to be it's a living history mm-hmm. and so what what we set out with that and um the reason why i say this is because we set out to focus on an event that teaches that moment that teaches that that community that teaches that interaction and when when that symposium happened especially the first one when that happened and we saw this community happen and we saw people who never met before become great friends instantly mm-hmm. that was that was the measure of success and that was the moment i mean we did we danced a ton nonstop, and i mean we danced when we were supposed to dance and we danced when we weren't necessarily supposed <laughs> to. um it just never ended and we couldn't walk for a week afterwards but you know, what we created there wasn't I mean, there was amazing knowledge shared with people from groups that are experts in certain dances and groups that are experts in other dances and everybody shared their knowledge. So that was a great moment. But the, the really amazing moment was the community and seeing how we bridged that gap and we we created an environment where everybody felt so intertwined. Um, I think for me that that is what I've always tried to express whenever I teach is Mm -hmm. I can teach you the steps, I can teach you the arm movements, the body position, the 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 demeanor you're supposed to have, and all these things, the costume you wear. But none of that really matters if you don't capture the essence of dance and community. So that. Mm -hmm. When you were saying that about the symposium, like that to me, just like flooded me because I'm like, mm-hmm. that is such an intangible part of what we do when mm-hmm. we dance and when we share these, our knowledge. It's, yeah, there's the physical steps and the the music that we hear, but it's, it's how we interact with each other in that circle, how we interact on the dance floor, how we interact with the people watching. Those are the moments that really just, like, that's what does it for me. And it's, yeah. that was the symposium. I mean, everyone that we we threw, I mean, we can pull those moments out and say like, that was why it was so great. The first symposium, the second, the third, the fourth, um, when we had the Gosamitsu concert, and that was just, I mean, mm-hmm. that, that moment for me wasn't just even, I mean, that night was incredible. And I, we danced like never before but just the whole week where it was fellowship and it was sharing those moments where it was, whether it was dinner at my place, dinner out, there was always music, there was always dance, there was always just the true essence of what it is happened mm-hmm. naturally. It wasn't forced, it wasn't, okay, it's eight o'clock, now the music starts and you all dance. You know, it was you know, like, hey, is that a violin you got over there? Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. okay hey let me dance okay hey let me sing okay like that when that happens organically naturally that's how it's intended to be and like for me when those moments happen and it's totally not what was laid out yeah that's what has that
1: magic yeah and I think like you can't plan for that just like what you said you know you you truly can't plan for that but for some reason, and I'm sure when we talk to more people and, and we, you know, ask our guests these same exact questions, I think it doesn't really matter where you are. It doesn't matter what type of event you are at, right? Whether you're at like FDF in California, like a huge wedding somewhere, a small backyard party, whether you're actually in Greece, you know, dancing at Cyprus, England, at wherever. It's it's the, the what, you know, it's, it's that we all get on this dance floor and you could pull people together from all odd ends of whatever areas you want to pull together, but they all come together on the dance floor. And it's that moment when you like grab someone's hand and you're just carried with them. You know what I mean? And like, I know somebody, you know, if you're not familiar with Greek dancing or, um, If you're listening to this you're like this chick is crazy but it's it's the fact that you can be on the dance floor and you can have your eyes completely shut yeah but you know that you're being carried with people you know what i mean like and i think like i just don't know where else you find that feeling and other people might say they find it in different areas and and stuff like that like but it truly is connection and i think you know not to well on about COVID. Like we've all been living in this world for 11 months now, right? Almost. Um, but that ripped that connection apart, you know, and um, for all of you listening, like we definitely tried to do this podcast right when COVID started, we were like, let's do it. Right. And there were other things that we tried to do to like reach the kids that we teach now and stuff like that. And it just wasn't happening. And I think like something shifted knows what it was and now we're finally ready to like talk about this stuff and to talk about how much that connection has been broken um and I I don't know I hope that even just us talking about like our favorite memories and, and why and the most memorable things that we've done um encourages you all to sort of sit and think and talk about it as well we have a bunch of guests Lined up to um, come onto the show to talk about the same things. Um, But if you are interested in joining us, we want to hear from you. Like I, if I could do a research study, I'd venture to guess that we could pick somebody from like New Mexico. I don't know if there's a Greek dance group in New Mexico, but I think there might be. And we could pick somebody from Regina, Canada. Okay. And I know people in Regina, so I know they dance. And I guarantee you if we brought them together to talk, their memories would ignite that same feeling that I think we're both feeling you know, at this moment, just sort of rehashing and recapping like why Greek dancing is so important. And I'm not a dancer in other aspects. Like I pretend that I should be on Dancing with the Stars. I probably would not do well, but I think it's special about Greek dancing. There's something totally different. And I think it's because there's so much more storytelling involved and so much more connection. Like how else can you be truly connected to the culture? There are plenty of ways, but this is an extremely strong connection to the Greek culture and the Greek heritage.
2: It's that moment that, you realize you're dancing something traditional. You're dancing something that's been passed down generation after generation after generation. So there's that there's that deep connection. There's that deep tie to your your roots, your tradition, and your heritage. But yet at the same time, we're in modern day 2021 if we were dancing right now (laughs) right. you're taking that tradition but you're also overlaying who you are as a person today Mm -hmm. and you're celebrating those traditions and how they merge with who we are today and that just creates this really deep moment like i don't even know i'm not sure quite how to put it to words but there's just there's this connection that's beyond because mm-hmm. you're, you're honoring hundreds of year old traditions, but you're also saying, This is also my identity. This is who I am. And this is my contribution to dance. So there's that beautiful, you know, give and take with honoring the past, honoring your traditions, while also telling your story today. And you're telling your story through a dance form that has been around for so long.
1: Totally, and I I think to go back to something you said really early on is that your dance history has kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, right? And you've had like peaks, you've had plateaus, which, you know, whatever, and then you've had valleys. And I think um, more recently than not, I have been sitting in a valley with dance. And it doesn't mean that I don't dance, like if there's a party, of course, but it's that, that connection has been harder for me to make. And I don't know if it's because of being in a newer area. Like I've been in DC in this area for almost seven years now. So it's, it's it's not new, but um, I think we changed so much from what we used to do in New York when we both came down here and you more recently um, than me. And it puts you in that Valley. But when I think about that Valley, I think about things that have popped me out of it and I will tell you that I have a distinct memory of a festival down here. Um, When was it? So it wasn't this past year, COVID. It must've been 2019 then. Yeah, 2019. Okay, just looking at, trying to get my dates straight. And I was just dancing a sirtlo with someone. Um, And that popped me out of that valley. Um, and if you would ask me, like, Maria, what's your favorite dance? Like, I don't know if I would ever say, like, call out, like, a circle. I, I don't know. I, and that is one of the questions that we're going to try to tackle. But it was because I was really connected with that person who I was dancing with, you know, and, and I don't mean that in, like, a ooh, lovey-dovey connection. It, I just mean that when we were dancing, it was We were doing it together, right? And there was that rhythm and there was like that joy that just, you can't stop that joy when you're in the moment of it. You know what I mean? Like you can go along your day, sitting in traffic, working 40 hours a week or however much you work, like coming home, walking the dog, doing the same rote things and easily pop yourself into a valley because you're not giving yourself what you need. And then you get onto the dance floor, you have that song and it's like, you're dusted off. You know what I mean? And it's all because of a connection that you made with somebody else on the dance floor um, or several other people or a band, you know, plays your favorite song, or maybe they play a song and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard this in forever. And it slingshots you back to a memory that just throws you out of that valley. So I'm going to say, I don't have a favorite dance (laughs) and I know that's a bold statement but I don't. I have two favorite kind of regions, if you will. Um, And it's because the music to me just really inspires me. And that's probably the wrong word. It connects with me, Um, that might be the wrong word too. Um, It's oftentimes music that I have to like Google because I'm like, I can't understand your accent that you're throwing out. And I have to like really look at the lyrics because they're written as mandinadas. So you can probably guess maybe where I'm leaning with this. Um, So I would say my favorite regions are like Crete, but I'm not saying like, you know, go out and do like 97 kicks in a row, three flips and have a frappe while you're doing that. Like, I don't mean the showy side of Crete. I mean like the impassioned, side of Crete, the Mandinadas, like hearing and really understanding the words. And I do have to spend sometimes time Googling because I'm just like I'm not picking up exactly like the idioms that they're putting in there or the expressions. Um, and then my other sort of favorite region, I would say, would just in general the islands. And I know they're very different. Don't at me people. I know they're different. But <laughs> There's something about island music, and I think it comes from, like, summertime, going to Panayidi, and I, I wasn't, again, shy introvert, I wasn't, like, crazy Panayidi going, it took me a while to warm up to go dance, but just seeing, like, two, three musicians at the church playing into the night, or even just hearing them play into the night, um, that just really speaks to me. I think it's because it's what I'm used to. So no specific favorite dance in the land of Maria. I do have a favorite Zebeki Glow song, but we will talk about that at a different time. Um, favorite regions, I would say Crete, islands. I'm roping Godfossos into that as well because I can't talk about that without, you know, talking about the village or the island, excuse me. Um, tell me about yours because i'm interested to see i think this is going to be this is hard for you i can tell by your expression we're on zoom recording this so i can tell this is hard for evan it's very hard for me too i don't want to insult anyone like i know and we came up with these questions too whoops
2: <laughs> um i don't i i honestly i would have the hardest time even picking a favorite region um mm. i have I have regions that I love for different reasons. And it's mm-hmm. hard to say which reason is more. So like Macedonian dancing for me, I love the energy of the Macedonian beat. I love the instruments. Um, I love the syncopation of the music and mm. how much that allows you to kind of manipulate and play with the step. I love mm-hmm. I love getting into, I mean, obviously Busceano is the most obvious. (laughs) You can really, really, really manipulate time with that. And there's a beautiful Mm -hmm. thing that happens when you do that. Um, So I have a strong appreciation for Macedonian because of that, because of the complexity of the the rhythms. Um, Mm -hmm. But then you take something like, I mean, thraki, just there's an energy to those dances. The way they move around the dance floor and they move with such commitment and so much force yet you're not
1: mm-hmm. running you know yeah yeah
2: it's a powerful dance
1: yeah
2: or the powerful dance is not just but you know like um the way the circle mm-hmm. organically moves together um and i love i love when you're doing that dance and i love when there's no communication needed and everybody just kind of falls into their spot and they know what their contribution is mm-hmm. And when I teach that dance and you're teaching that, all right, the leader has their job, but everybody else has a very, very integral role. And mm-hmm. one person moving the wrong direction at the wrong time can dra- dramatically change the way that dance comes out. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a beauty to that. Ipiros, it, these dances are just, there's so much pride in them and there's so much, and it's almost like to me, those dances almost have like this regal kind of feel to them where
1: mm-hmm.
2: you're just there's so much pride in the simplest movements and mm-hmm. there's beauty to that where the 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 steps may not seem hard, they may seem very basic but yet so many people will struggle to actually do it correctly because it requires so much confidence in your step.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can't just do a lazy step and properly mm-hmm. depict a dance from Ipiros, right? Mm-hmm. Um Crete when the music comes on, it just my heart. I, I I I almost like I feel like my heartbeat matches the beat of the Cretan song. Like,
1: mm-hmm. I, feel like
2: I everything in my body just completely synchronizes with it. And they're just it's an energy that just it moves your feet for you you mm-hmm. yeah you
1: feel, yeah you
2: feel like you're just floating on the dance floor because the music just like picks you up and carries you like
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's cretin for me mm-hmm. um, the islands i mean you have certainly you have your um i mean Gefalonia is always a fun island to dance from but i mean mm-hmm. they all They all have that lightness, that airiness, that celebratory feel to them. Um, When I think of island dancing, um, I just think of this outlook on life where, Mm -hmm. don't worry, it's going to be okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: It's just it's a very positive kind of vibe when Mm -hmm. I think of island dancing. Um, So that, to me, is very uplifting. Yeah. Dances of Bondos is like so much the opposite. But again, it's one of those things where like that drum beat just goes right into your soul and you feel Mm -hmm. the power and the energy of those dances. And it's this, it it just lights this fire in you that you're dancing Mm -hmm. this deep, deep, deep rooted emotion. And you have so much, I mean, you're almost dancing as if you have so much at stake. So it's like, yeah, there's this energy that builds in dancing from bondos that just that gets you. So, yeah. You know, um, and then, of course, you know, I'm from Cyprus, so I have certainly have a strong appreciation for Cypriot dances. I love in Cypriot dances the way um, there's this back and forth between the men and the women. The men trying to mm-hmm. show off, always trying to outdo each other, and the women just being like. Shh, you do your thing. We're good over here.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> beautiful. There's a beautiful dialogue that cypriot dancing kind of depicts. That again, it goes back to that storytelling that that tradition. But then, mm-hmm. the tradition related to today, um, so I did not answer that question my <laughs> because it would, it's such a hard question to answer. It um, is,
1: and I think too, like when you were talking again, I'm thinking about the people from those regions who we learned from, you yeah. know? And like, if you are putting me at like the Syracuse festival, then I'm like, oh my God, I just love Macedonian because they just have it, they have it, you know? Um, or if you're putting me with like, I don't even know, like I'm thinking about like some of the groups from the South, in Florida, um, I'm thinking back, in, like back in the day, like, or even um, like uh, when we had a conference up here um, and we had Jordan come teach us island stuff, right? The way he teaches and the energy and enthusiasm that he puts into that teaching turns that into my favorite region. Even if I'm like struggling with like the minutia of it and I'm just like, oh, well oh boy, here we go, Maria, you're getting old. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just, I don't know. And like what you said about Bondos, I totally agree with, and it's it's so heavy, but it's also such a honor to be able to dance those dances. You know what I mean? And to be able to tell that story and, and to show how much power and like, um, and I don't mean power like in a negative way, I mean power in like a, a good way, a strong way. like. There's depth of strength in those dances. It's not just like, you know, they may not be as showy, right, as other dances, but if you are really thinking about the story behind them and what they are, the aim is of the dance or what they are commemorating, there's a lot of power there. There's a lot. Um, That's why I like the Athens 2004 Olympics is on repeat. I watch it a lot. I definitely videotaped it back in the day with my little TV that had a VCR built in, recorded it, got the DVD when it came out. I think I bought it from Greek music and video in Astoria, like ordered it from them. And then now I watch it on YouTube. You know what I mean? still have the DVD, I haven't gotten rid of it. Um, I don't, I might even have the tape too. That's kind of embarrassing. I don't have anything to play it on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that performance, like just hearing those drums, and seeing all those guys lined up and like slapping their foot and like dust coming up from the stage that they're on. You know what I mean? I just like, give me all of that. I'll take it. Yeah. That's like what fuels me, you know?
2: And that's that's what, I mean, there's just so much passion and it's so hard to say it's so hard to say one region, one dance is better than another because I mean, with each dance that I do, with each region that I travel to, I I immerse myself into the emotions behind those dances. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, these all, all these dances evoke different emotions. And how can you say that one emotion is better? greater than the other and that's right. that's what I struggle with I don't know I mean there's dances that I love doing but even that would be a huge list of my favorite dances like right now mm-hmm. the kids um um we start every practice with kini dos from Thraki, and it's mm-hmm. it's it's just such a fun dance and it's such a great warm-up dance for the kids because it starts you know, somewhat easy. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to really pay attention. They have to listen to the music for those changes in direction. But by the end of the dance, you're running you're you're sprinting around the dance floor. So it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, I love doing that dance as a warm up. Does it make it my favorite dance? No, but it's it's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Um you know, it's so funny. That brings up a memory from back in the day when we were teaching. <clears throat> and we had an older gentleman join our class, um, Paul, right? Yep. And he loved the song. He loved doing, he would call it, can you play that dynamic, Tic no. And I think to us, it was kind of like, oh, it's Tic no, like whatever. But for him, that music,
0: That's- just
1: that like intro, like bum bum I won't sing because lord but that intro right just did it for him that was it um and I I always remember that because he would ask it for like every practice if we didn't you know hit it when we were like shuffling around the music or whatever um I think also one thing too that I'm really grateful that we did and I think this is why we struggle with like favorite dance and favorite region is in our dance background we danced from as many different areas as we could in terms of regions in Greece. Like we learned everything. We weren't a specialized group, like attached to a a silo or anything like that. So like, I think that's kind of different. I think maybe that's more popular nowadays, but I think back in our day, if you weren't a church dance group, you were attached to like, you know, the Cretan society or the whatever it might be, you know? Um, So you really only, Unless you had extra dance immersion someplace else, really learned dances from those areas, Um, and I I feel like that might be why it's hard for us to sort of, you know, pin the tail on the dancer here.
2: And yeah, I mean, I feel like me, I feel like when we teach kids, like there's definitely kids that lean towards one region, and they, but I think I almost look at it, you know, from my standpoint that. As an instructor, it's important, it's important to introduce the kids to all these different regions without bias because mm-hmm. whether, you, whether you prefer one region or the other, having this kind of foundational knowledge of all the different regions of dance, I think only strengthens your ability to be able to yeah. reflect a region. So, yeah. you know, and I love doing that. I love trying to trick the kids up with that with
1: <laughs>
2: we dance from Bondos. Oh, hey, we're dancing from Crete next. So, like we do uh from Bondos and then we do a Bendozali from Crete. Well, what separates what we just did? What mm-hmm. what like small details and how my body language, how how I put the weight on my feet, how I Lift my feet. Well, how do all those things, def- you know, change, move me from bondos to Crete, you know, and mm-hmm. because in, in many regards, you know, there's a lot of similarities between bondos and Crete, but yet in the same moment, there are huge things that make Cretan and dancing so much different and opposite than bondos. Mm-hmm. So you know, I love, I love, I love playing that game with the kids to say, change it up. Mm -hmm. We just did Bundos, now we're going to do Crete, or we just did Macedonian, now we're going to do Ipiros. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Why, you know, what makes these different? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think, I think when you understand that, No, it doesn't make you knowledgeable to dance, but it allows you to really get into the minutiae details of body language and body placement and where your foot goes, how your foot goes there, how much Mm -hmm. off the ground, what's the angle of your foot, what's the are your toes pointed up, are your toes pointed down, are you stepping with your weight centered on your heel or is it on... The balls of your foot or are you on your toes you know all those Mm -hmm.
1: little tiny
2: tweaks to your footwork makes such a big difference so I think yeah but yeah all this to say I don't have a favorite dance
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know Um, so I I know we didn't plan for this but I think um, we should talk about our least favorite dance and why because I think it's good to talk about Sort of what you what you struggle with. Um, Hmm. You can go first. You know what mine is. This this is no surprise. Anyone who knows me might know this. (laughs) Uh,
2: Dancer, I struggle the most with. So I would say, ironically, um, what I struggle the most with is. Actually, I would say Cretan dancing and not, and not that it's my least favorite. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, Cretan dancing for me, I I feel like I have a very advanced knowledge and ability with Cretan dancing. Mm -hmm. For me, I look at my level. um, I look at where I'm at with Cretan dancing and I see so much room for me to improve still. Mm-hmm. that when I dance Cretan dancing, um, it's the region that I tend to be the most critical of myself in. So mm. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing if I'm just dancing Cretan for fun. But even if I'm dancing it for fun, I mean, I always want to be continually be- improving myself. So for me, I think Cretan dancing is my still my most challenged region <laughs> of dance. Um, one dance in particular. Again, I don't hate the dance. I, I love the dance, um, but I feel like I just have so much area to improve on is Malavizioti because
0: mm.
2: I feel like there's so much intricacy that you can do with the footwork, and then especially for the men, adding in you know the, mm-hmm. the, the kicks and everything. Um, so. Now, I, I say this, you know, and I can certainly do a whole bunch of different footwork details and kicks and all that. Um, but my confidence level when I do that, I think that's the lowest out of all the dancing that I do um, is with my Cretan. Um, mm-hmm. And that forever or for a long time has always been the region that I've really put a lot of effort into um, because mm-hmm. I just, as much as I know, I know I have, I'm so far away from really being at the level I want to be at. Um, So yeah, least favorite dance.
1: (laughs) I mean, we can amend the question to be the one you struggle with the most because.
2: I'm such a, I'm I'm sure there is a dance that I just, I mean, well, I'll just, I mean, I think this is somewhat of an obvious answer, but um calamatino is probably mm-hmm. my favorite, and not because I dislike the dance, but because the way the dance has been bastardized. Mm-hmm. It really so I mean for me it really gets me when people are dancing to a song that's clearly a cierto It's not a kalamatyano. Mm-hmm. They're dancing Guatemalan to it, and and I just I, I want to shake people because you know yeah. Gala is is a specific dance from a region. cierto is you know as we've discussed for this podcast, cierto mm-hmm. is a dance, a foundational dance that is found in nearly every region of Greece. Every region dances some variation of a Sirto that fits mm-hmm. into their style, fits into their music. So Sirto is that universal dance.
1: Yeah.
2: Kalamatiano is not.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: when you're at these festivals and you're at these celebrations, you're at weddings, whatever it may be, and song after song after song comes on and everybody's dancing kalamatiano, mm-hmm. first of all, it gets old. And yeah. <laughs> we've done this for about three hours now. Can we try something else?
1: Right.
2: Um, not to mention, you know, probably 70% of those songs that we just danced Galamantino to aren't actually know It was a cierto. So yeah. I think for that reason, I've come to this spot with Kama, you know, where I'm just like, okay, I'll do one, maybe I'll yeah. do two, but then that's it. Yeah. And that's one of the few dances that I'll sit down and not dance from time to time because I'm just like no I've had enough of you I don't want to see you anymore
1: (laughs) right I'm done (laughs) I am done there's that um yeah so for me I'm going to amend the question to the dance I struggle with the most okay and I'm like flashing back to Uh, a festival where we're like on stage and I'm like can I get a little more bass drum here um so for me it's Elenita or Cori Eleni whatever you call it right Mm -hmm. um and I uh, I struggle with it because I always overshoot the syncopation right so the step is not difficult but there's sync and I'm I mean I was in band, but I'm not a musician. Like I don't understand like timing hundred percent blah but there's syncopation on both ends of the step, if you will. Right? Like one, two, three, bah, bah, bah. it's on both sides. Okay. In my, in my brain, this works again, visual person is brilliant. <laughs> but when I can't hear like the bass well, and all I'm hearing is like, whatever other instrument is crooning, I cannot, stay on any rhythm, like I am the American high school friend that you bring up in line and the music changes too quickly and it changes to that dance and they're just trying to keep up. That is me. And it's so frustrating because it's not a difficult dance and I want to be able to do it, but I feel like I have to focus so hard to be on the proper rhythm in terms of like where the beat is versus where the syncopation is and all that kind of stuff and not over undershoot it and I'm like I don't think I have a timing problem like this would have come up in other dances if I did um but I just can't I can't do it and I'm sorry I am sorry to all the people who have ever had to watch me do that dance where I'm like I look I probably look unenthused or I look like I just have a smile slapped on my face and I'm like Okay, how many minutes did Evan put this dance on for? <laughs> Let's keep on going. Okay, great. It's ending. Because I just, I like overthink and I get into my head. It's it's a dance. There's not, it's not the only dance where I'm in my head when I'm dancing. Usually I can turn off my head. You know what I mean? I think people would agree that after you start to really learn dances and to learn the steps, you can turn off your head to them and you know where you where you regain sort of like focus on what you're doing is when there's choreography right um but most dances <clears throat> i turn off my head and i'm thinking about nothing or subconsciously like running through my grocery list or something like that right um but for elenita i cannot turn off my brain and when i try i just look i look horrible i look yeah. horrible and sorry to all the high school friends that i've have ever brought into dances are brought to dances and have thrown in the line. And then I'm like, oh, it's switching, but you'll catch on. Just watch my feet. And then we're doing like a cuatsey or something like that. And they're like, what is Maria doing? So, um, just saying my, you know, my sorrys now. But I would say that that's the dance I struggle with. Um, I don't think I have a least favorite dance. Um, I think, well, maybe hasaposebrico. I don't love doing it it comes on, I'm going to like get the little kids to go on the dance floor, get them started, and then be like, I'm going to go take a, take a sip of my ouzo, which um, you guys can't see now, but Evan and I are enjoying a little a little ouzo oh. to get through this. <laughs> um, I would say, again, I don't hate it. I love teaching it because I think little kids get it really quickly, and they look really cute. And no matter how tight you buckle their shoes on, some kids always going to lose a shoe during that dance. Like that has been happening since the creation of Greek dancing. Um, I feel like everyone can think about a festival when like little Dimitri threw off his shoe or something like that. And everyone was like, ah, so cute. Um, it still happens. Um, (laughs) right. So I feel like we have made it through all of our questions except for one, which I think, um, we're going to come back to. But I feel like um, for our first episode, I hope you guys got to learn about us, um, what drives us, how we connect to this. We want to hear from you. So we're going to put in the episode notes and on our Instagram how to get a hold of us. But we truly want to create this podcast to hear from you all to create sort of a living history. Like, what is dance to you? Where did you take your first steps? when did you take them, right? And where are you going with them? Um, So please, please, please hit us up, Instagram. We'll put our email in the show notes. um, So that way we can get you on this podcast because we want to hear from you. And it's not intimidating at all, right? It's your first podcast ever.
2: It's very easy.
1: It's very easy. (laughs) Um, So stay tuned. We've got lots of guests lined up. Um, Our first sort of season of this podcast is this whole idea of talking to us about your history with dance. And then we're going to get into some really cool stuff um, where we talk to some experts in the field about like the lesser known historical pieces, traditions, cultures, villages, um, transfer of, of dance steps, right? Like how other cultures have influenced Greek dancing, because there is a huge influence. You know, if you, even if you just look at sort of, Like what I would call the perimeter of Greece, if you will, like um, everything that's the furthest west to the furthest east, you can see how the cultures have been, um, you know, supported and tweaked and changed and absorbed other traditions into their dancing. Um, Same thing when you look north, right? Um, So I think like we're gonna be getting into that and getting to speak to some really, really cool experts. So bookmark us subscribe give us five stars it's the most important thing um and share this with all your friends and we will be back um we will see you again on the dance floor and we can't wait to join you on the podcast Uh, yes